Welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast where you will find insight analysis and the story behind the numbers. Hello and welcome to Business Lines State of the Economy podcast series. This is the 7th of the podcast focusing exclusively on the markets and this series is coming to you regularly every month bringing insights from experts on the subject is your host Parvata Vardhani. I am the editor of BL Portfolio, Business Line's Sunday feature on investments and personal finance. The expert speaker for this month is Mr. Siddharth Vora, Head Investment Strategy and Fund Manager, Prabhudas Leeladhar PMS. Siddharth is also an Executive Director with Prabhudas Leeladhar. Siddharth is a CA and a CFA and has been with the group since 2016. He specializes in applying quantitative techniques to investment decisions. Hi, Siddharth. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, hi. How are you doing? Very, very good. What about you? All, all well here. So, an interesting time the for markets the... markets are spoiling the moods a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's I what I was... It was yeah. long overdue. It was long overdue. Uh, given the you know steeper valuations in the mid and small cap uh, buckets of the market, mm. and uh, maybe some you know healthy profit booking after a very very long long rally. Okay, so I think, uh, it's a good phase for people to you know rebuild their portfolios, rejig their portfolios. Okay, got it, got it. So I was going to say, yeah, very interesting times because I did have this question uh, for you. Maybe we could start right away. So. Do you see the upcycle uh, which started after the COVID low in 2020 slowly consolidating and coming to an end? Do you see 2024 to be more of a year of uh, consolidation? I don't uh, see it as a year of consolidation. Mm. What I do see it is uh, I think the next couple of weeks or maybe just a couple of months could be consolidative in terms of, you know, shift from mid and small caps to larger caps mm. and uh, more from the breadth of the market could sort of uh, reduce at this point, mm. given uh, that the bulk of the last two, two and a half years have been a mid and small cap rally. Mm. And I think now the valuation froth is starting to become very evident, not only to the institutions, but also to the retailers. Even the retail investors are now, you know, concerned that, you know, market valuations are very, very steep. Mm. And the strong flows in the funds, right, mid cap funds, small cap funds, etc., I think all of that can sober down a bit. And with that, of course, as flows start uh, sobering down, markets could consolidate for some time. But I don't think there's anything really structurally stopping the Indian economy or the Indian markets. Oh, okay. So that way, see, in the beginning of the year, when, you know, the equity market, uh, if I should call it as predictions, came out a uh, mid uh, to high uh, teens uh, earnings growth was expected uh, for 2024 so uh, nifty earnings growth uh, so do you in your view do you expect that uh, then to stay put or uh, would it moderate a little bit i think uh, this year we have delivered on that uh, mid to high teens earnings growth mm. on a yoy basis i'm talking more about uh, the broad nifty 500 like the top mm. 500 companies of india okay I think whether we look at uh, the sales numbers or the net earnings or the EBITDA, I think we've been healthy in the 20 to 25% sort of growth on a YOY basis. Mm. But uh, the moment we narrow down the focus on Nifty, I think uh, we can expect some moderation in the 12 to 15% in the year to come. 
because we are already coming from a very, very strong, uh, strong year of performance. So the base is now higher. We do believe that some moderation in earnings and hence some moderation in returns would be a healthier outcome for investors. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. And uh, so uh, have you, are you already uh, seeing it in the December quarter earnings or you're saying the coming quarters uh, would probably show it more, the moderation? I think uh, the coming quarter, the December quarter has been uh, fairly robust, leaving a few pockets where we've seen some mixed uh, results in the agrochemical and chemical space. Mm -hmm. I think there are some areas of the market and some sectors which have really done stupendous growth, to be honest. And I think uh, while the larger caps of India are growing at a slower clip, uh, the mid and small caps are growing at a much higher clip. I believe some sort of rotation... As the markets see that, you know, mid and small caps are factoring in bulk of the growth in uh, their valuations, Mm. uh, rotation to large caps where the growth is lower, but the valuations are also more comfortable and rewarding. I think that's the sort of move I do expect in the coming quarters. Okay. Okay. You essentially, you specialize in uh, quantitative uh, techniques. So we've heard a lot of fundamental views or even technical views on where the market uh, would, uh, uh, you know, be, I mean, uh, where the market would head uh, from here on. What more does a a quantitative technique uh, uh, add, which is uh, not there in fundamental and technical analysis? Like this will be essentially uh, be the foundation of your investment framework, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, again, uh, we run two different types of strategies. One is a multi-asset strategy and one is an equity strategy. Okay. And the indicators or uh, the quantitative frameworks used for both are significantly different from each other. To give you some examples, so when we want to select stocks, we want to use a multi-dimensional framework which looks at uh, sector analysis, style analysis, uh, fundamental analysis of individual securities, technical analysis of individual securities, risk analytics, liquidity analytics, valuation analytics, and volatility analytics. All of this combined gives us a very holistic view on each security. And therefore, we are able to pick stocks that help us generate alpha and manage risk. Now, let me make it clear that when we are talking about evaluating stocks on, say, fundamental or technical or valuation basis, We don't do this subjectively. We don't read the balance sheet or look at charts. Everything is pre-programmed as indicators, as parameters, as factors. So the whole thing is very mathematical. It is extremely objective with no room for subjectivity. Eventually, every stock uh, or every security is allocated a score on all these different parameters that I briefly mentioned about. And the stocks with the highest scores actually make it into our portfolio. And this is done dynamically uh, on a periodic basis. Now, when I talk about uh, a multi-asset setup, over there, the focus is less on securities and more on asset allocation itself. But the factors that drive asset allocation are fairly different. For example, we look at global macros, global liquidity, monetary conditions, risk appetite, sentiment, Uh, trend analytics and valuation analytics amongst the different asset classes. The idea is to take a very, very top-down view of the markets, of the macros and of the different asset Mm -hmm. classes. 
if we are in a risk on phase based on our indicators we want to be tilted heavily towards equities within equities also maybe more weights towards mid and small and less towards large as we move from a risk on to a risk transition phase which we believe we are in now we gradually start uh, trimming our equity allocations increasing our large cap allocations reduce our portfolio beta and the moment we go towards a risk off phase that's when we want to increase our allocation to uh, fixed income to precious metals and moderate our allocations to equities to reduce the overall risk for investors based on these three key regimes right risk on risk transition and risk off we change the asset allocation in our portfolios okay so what like you know i understood that you have a score and then you pick up stocks based on the score so what is the trigger um, for risk on uh, risk transition and uh, risk off phases uh, you did say that we are in a risk uh, transition phase so what is the trigger okay so i'll just again give you a few examples which are beyond say fundamental and technical analysis which are part of our quantitative models and quantitative indicators so uh, the first thing we look at is a uh, global market breadth mm -hmm. so what we are trying to see here is as an asset class how favored is equity globally because systemic risk which stems from preference towards or preference against equities as an asset class is a key source of returns or risk in equities mm -hmm. so we look at 56 different global equity indices mm -hmm. and we try to evaluate how many of these indices are trading above their uh, 50 moving 50 day uh, moving average that's one indicator when we talk about more mic market microstructure analytics we're trying to see say in india how many stocks in the mid small and large cap buckets are still trading closer to highs or trading closer to lows mm. if more stocks are trading closer to lows or starting to make new lows we need to see that okay there is some weakness that is building up in the market the other thing we look at is how many securities are trading two standard deviation above their long term valuation averages that gives us a gauge on how heated the market is okay. so for example in the small cap space 70% of the securities are trading more than two standard deviation above their long term valuation averages in the mid cap space is 65 and in the large cap space uh, it is close to 60 so we can see that okay the valuation risk is higher in the smaller caps and lower in the larger caps mm. similarly we also look at market breadth what market breadth tells us is how many stocks are possibly uh, declining on a monthly basis in the three different buckets of the market how many stocks are probably trading uh, below their 200 day moving average how many stocks have started to make new lows we look at all these indicators from a breadth point of view to gauge the overall market sentiment and that tells us that is there strength in the markets is there weakness in the market or is the strength reducing in the market so right now we are in a phase where we don't see weakness but we definitely see the strength reducing okay and so depending on uh, you know the triggers the, that you just described so how you you your percentage allocations will uh, change to different asset classes i mean uh, what is the range in which it would change any can you so give I'll, us a idea okay i'll give you live examples from my fund mm. right mm. Uh, so the aqua portfolio which is our uh, equity strategy it's a flexi cap equity strategy which mm. means 
it can dynamically invest across large, mid and small while changing its exposures to large, mid and small. Mm. So till January, 70 to 75% of the portfolio was mid and small cap oriented. Mm. But the moment we moved into February, 50% of the portfolio is now large cap oriented, 27% is mid cap and only 23% is small cap. So we've gradually started increasing our large cap exposure, reducing our mid and small exposure. Mm -hmm. This is in line with the market cycle. Okay. We need a strategy and that can adapt to the changing market. Okay. Cycle. So even in the in your multi-asset strategy between debt and equity. So right. you would, uh, you know, do this kind of a switching. I mean, right. your gold or your other, other uh, the third asset class will be a much smaller percentage and predominantly it would be between debt and equity. Is that how it works? Uh, not really. So I'll tell you, in, in my multi-asset scheme, we in October, for example, October 2022, we increased our gold allocation to 25 odd percent, which okay. did really well for us. Mm. And uh, for bulk of 22, our equity allocation was less than 50 percent. Mm. As we moved into 2023, our equity allocation started going closer to the 90 percent mark. Okay. But our debt was at six and gold was at four. As we speak today, Still, our equity allocation is close to the 80% mark. Gold is still at the 4% mark and debt is at 14% uh, mark. So oh. we've not transitioned into risk off yet while we do see some moderation in risk. Understood. Okay. You know, based on these quant methods, would you also be able to identify sectors that are overheated uh, or sectors where you need to add or prune <clears throat> holdings? Absolutely. That is actually a big part of our quantitative strategy. Mm. So uh, let me just briefly tell you what my investment framework is mm. and how sector rotation is the first pillar of my investment framework and how we really approach sector rotation. Mm. I think that'll be, give you a very holistic picture. Mm. So the investment framework that we follow is called the 6S framework for the equity strategy. Mm. So the 6S's include sector rotation, style alignment, superior fundamentals, sound valuations, strong technicals, and smart risk management. Okay. These are the six S's we use in the equity strategy. Now, what sector rotation, which is your question, does is we evaluate the different sectors in the market. We've created proprietary, you know, 100 odd uh, thematic baskets in the Indian markets. And we evaluate each of them based on growth, valuation, sentiment, uh, breadth, trend and volatility. And based on uh, this evaluation, we give a rank to all the different sectors in the markets. What that helps us do is position us in the right sectors at the right time. Because our research suggests that even a decent stock in the best sector or in the right sector will yield much superior outcomes as opposed to the best stock in the wrong sector. Mm. So sector selection elimination, allocation and rotation will drive 72% of your investment returns. And hence, it is a key pillar of our investment strategy. And okay, we are... so what is the model actually indicating, uh, Siddharth? What are the sectors that, it, that the model is asking you to stay out of? And what are the, the sectors that are in? Sure. So over the last eight months, we have completely stayed out of uh, private banks, we have completely stayed out of chemicals, agrochemicals. We have also stayed out of IT almost till December. 
now gradually we've had some exposure to it services as well mainly we were focused on uh, diversified financials in the nature of uh, nbfcs asset management companies capital market plays uh, brokers exchanges psu banks and nbfcs these were bulk of our allocation say close to 35% of the portfolio was in financials but not in the traditional hdfc bank kotak bank icici bank axis bank type stocks mm. we were very almost 40% of the portfolio was focused towards the theme of industrials and manufacturing which covers everything from defense ports shipping infrastructure capital goods engineering so this was a very very big theme that we identified and got it right in the mm. portfolio now if i talk about my current allocations uh energy is a big theme right now close to 20% of the portfolio is in the energy and utilities theme mm. 17% is financials another 17% is automobiles so these are, and 13% is utilities so these are some of the themes we are now looking at okay we've gradually uh, built a 10% 12% odd allocation even towards healthcare over the last say two odd months in the portfolio okay, okay so again when you look at it uh, the first six months were pro cyclical sectors industrials automobiles etc now we are adding an element of some defensive sectors like utilities healthcare etc also in the portfolio understood uh, so siddharth essentially now uh, you know you offer a pms strategy where uh, should i can i call it fund manager uh, skills or intuition is not so much or research may not so much be uh, needed and uh, where does this kind of a strategy uh, find its place in an investor's portfolio perfect so fund manager skills are tested in designing developing programming the strategy and the layers of the strategy i think we've spent as a like me and my team of 20 quants have spent close to 4 years in developing this strategy so mm-hmm. all the heavy lifting is done there now we continuously uh, review refine and try to find ways of improving the models but we don't tamper with the output of the model mm-hmm. follow the output as is if we have a problem with the output we go back and try to refine and review the processes but not the final outcome so yes fund manager biases are the biggest reason why we have chosen to take the quantitative approach to investing let me just uh, throw some light on some numbers you'll have a clearer picture of that so 91% of the quant schemes in india have outperformed their benchmark over a 5 year period whereas only 35 odd percent of actively managed strategies in india have outperformed benchmark over a 5 year period okay okay and in usa 35% of all the money is managed quantitatively while in india it's closer to the 1.5% mark and the biggest figure uh, to understand here is 30 years back the figure in us was 89% of the money was managed actively as opposed to today where only around 20 25% is managed actively mm-hmm. so active money management is losing market share to passive and quant so i believe in india also because of key man risk fund manager bias like behavioral emotional and style biases 
we will see a big transition to more systematically run strategies, which are more sophisticated in terms of managing risk and adapting the portfolio to the changing market cycle. You know, how do you sell stocks? How do you uh, decide when to sell, how much to sell? Do your methods also tell you that? So how do you manage risk essentially? Perfect. So I think this is a very important question, uh, relevant for most investors. Uh, so what we do in our strategy is, uh, we take risk, we deal with risks in two ways. The first is dealing with known risks. And the second is dealing with unknown risks. We deal with known risks by using uh, liquidity filters, fundamental filters, a benchmark agnostic allocation weight. We use an equal weighted strategy so that the profit is not concentrated in one or two stocks. At the same time, the portfolio is optimally diversified across 25 to 30 stocks. But what we do very interesting here is we ensure that the opportunity and timing risk is what we manage using a periodic rebalance mechanism. And this is where uh, dealing with the unknown risks comes in. Mm -hmm. So what we do is uh, we, there are six key sources of risk, uh, starting from systemic risk, which we deal with asset allocation. We create up to 50% cash when our market and macro risk models tells us to move out of equities and move into a defensive asset like cash or liquids. The other is the size risk. Again, we are dynamic in terms of moving from mid caps, small caps and shifting allocation to large cap like we did now. The other is sector risk. Based on the periodic rebalance that we do, the sector dimension of the portfolio is also rejigged every two months. Not compulsorily all of it, but most of it. And the last one is style and beta risk. What this really entails is if the regime is shifting from value to growth or say quality to momentum, our portfolio changes its color and completely takes on a new color. And finally, all the market volatility can be dealt with only in terms of managing portfolio beta. So in a high beta regime, we use high beta tilt to the portfolio. And in a low beta regime, we use a low beta tilt to the portfolio. And because we rebalance every two months, automatically the laggards or the weaker stocks from the portfolio are eliminated and replaced with stronger stocks. And this can happen in two situations. First, the stocks that we are holding go down or drop on an absolute basis in terms of their score. Mm -hmm. And second, other stocks in the market rise significantly uh, in terms of their relative score. Okay. So either my stock is going down on absolute basis or somebody else is doing better and providing a better opportunity on a relative basis. In either cases, my portfolio will be rebalanced to uh, eliminate weak stocks and account for new stocks. And the beauty is we do this without any emotions or without any bias. Understood. Understood. Makes it much more easier to take those decisions, actually. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so that's so, you know, among uh, your various uh, parameters, does valuation also figure out? See, there are certain sectors where you find stocks with, which are constantly at high valuations. And, you know, in a market uh, like, uh, you know, what it has been in the last three years, these stocks constantly keep moving up. So you're wondering whether, you know, valuation uh, is at all a parameter. So, you know, uh, how do you approach uh, high valuation stocks uh, when using quantitative techniques? Sure. I think uh, the answer to deal with high valuations stems, uh, it stems from our inherent investment philosophy. So the name Aqua, it's, it's inspired by water, which can take any shape 
size, color, form, right? Aqua can take any shape, size, color, form. So what aqua really represents in the quant world is an adaptive, quantitative, unbiased and alpha focused investment strategy. So what this philosophy teaches us to deal with, uh, you know, high valuation periods, uh, bear market periods is that first you be very, very adaptive, whether it's uh, your asset class, your size, your style, your themes, your factors, your beta, be adaptive. Don't use uh, a single factor approach to investing. Use a multi-factor or a multi-dimensional approach to investing. The unbiased element of the philosophy teaches us that don't look at valuations in isolation, neither look at valuations on an absolute basis. Everything in the market is relative, which means stocks or markets are cheap or expensive based on their valuation versus their past versus their peers and versus the broader indices, which means a titan at a very high PE can still not be an expensive stock, but say a PSU stock at a mid to low PE also can be expensive because valuations are looked at a lens of relativity rather than looking at it from an absolute lens. Okay. That is how we deal with high value stocks because we don't consider them high based on an absolute number. Mm. If overall, the markets are expensive. Overall, the sector is expensive and this stock is falling in the lower quartiles of that sector or the market, then mm. we could still account for it as a cheap stock. That was um, an interesting uh, conversation, uh, Siddharth. Yeah, very detailed uh, answers and convincing answers too as to why investors mu must uh, take quant uh, in investing more uh, seriously and you know, and the fact that quant has to become uh, mainstream uh, was very well uh, put by you. Thank you very much uh, uh, for your time, Siddharth. I'm sure the listeners will uh, benefit a lot from this uh, conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure.